Welcome to Food Marketing Nerds, your weekly serving of marketing advice and industry insights with the smartest minds in the business. Here's your host, Alex Osterley. What is up, my fellow nerds? On the show today, we have Chaz Littlefield, VP of Marketing for one of the largest spirit brands in the world, Jägermeister. As a heavy hitter in the industry, Jaeger is recognizable really across the globe in just about every country. New product launches aside, brand awareness isn't necessarily the main challenge when you've reached Jaeger's scale. The question instead becomes, how do you influence the way consumers think or feel about a brand that they already know, or at least think they know? In our conversation, Chaz and I discussed some of Jaeger's recent campaigns and innovations, all of which bring different use cases of the product to the forefront. Jaeger's marketing team has done a really great job of highlighting the unique strengths of their product by identifying and leaning into how consumers are actually behaving. We discussed the campaigns from insight to execution and how they've adapted the ideas to a changing wine and spirits landscape, and plenty of the learnings that happened in between. It is not every day that you get to learn from a marketing legend discussing one of the most recognizable brands in the world. Joining us out of New York, Chaz Littlefield, everybody. Chaz, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Alex. So, What's your story? What was your path that led you to Jägermeister? So I've done a bunch of different things in 20 years across CPG, but I actually started my career running a sampling program for a small juice company in New England, driving a van, handing out samples in the summer, which led me to my first job out of school at a craft brewery, which then allowed me to work for a very large spirits corporation in sales. And I loved it, but I was always curious about kind of the brand side and why people made the choices that they made and why you would pick this over that and why the television commercial looks like that and why the brand sounds like that. And so I decided to go back to school and I got my MBA with the goal of transitioning into brand marketing. And I've been lucky enough to create brands from scratch, to work on reinventing brands, to work on kind of driving brands to the next level introducing brands in the United States, helping global partners take brands that were created in the United States and go globally. And a couple of years ago, the opportunity to join Jägermeister, a brand that I've had a connection with kind of through my drinking history presented itself. And I jumped at the chance to work on something as iconic as Jägermeister. How has your own personal experience with the brand affected how you've approached marketing and the campaigns that you're doing? How do you avoid being that focus group of one, I guess? Yeah, I mean, that's what they teach you, right? Don't make yourself the consumer. You have to think like the people that you're trying to attract and the people that you're trying to retain. But I think part of it was, it was a brand that I did have a connection with. When I was young, it was something that I had my own beer and beer moments with. And, and then as I got older and I was in college and then going back to grad school, I had my bomb moments. And it was one of those things where the brand has always been so unique and so iconic and it really is a category of one. And people who love it, love it. And people who hate it, hate it, but love to tell you why they hate it. And so <laughs> it was like disrespecting as I was in the spirits industry. It was one of those things where it's just so unique. And so because it, it kind of built that in me, my goal is to build that same level of understanding, connection, iconicness with the next generation of drinkers because... A lot of kids who are starting to make their decisions now know it as what their older brother or maybe even their parents drank as a bomb 20 years ago in a dive bar. And it's so much more than that, right? And so I think that personal passion, that journey that I went on, right? You have that in the back of your mind as you're trying to think about what do we need to do to continue this evolution that we're on for a brand that has been around for... 80 plus years and what can we do to make sure that it's around for another 80 more 
So with a brand like Jägermeister, when you're one of the largest spirit brands in the world, are there challenges that come with being so well-known, like an inertia that comes with the level of brand awareness in terms of influencing common preconceived notions of the brand? Yeah. I think anything that's been around for a while, you have that preconceived thing. And I say it to people when we onboard people or when I talk to new hires, it's like, it's the only brand I've ever worked on where a third of people say outright, like, I don't even want to drink you. You're so challenging. Or I heard you were made with deer blood. Or like, it's this crazy thing that makes you do wild things. And so like, you have to kind of unpack those things. And that's what leads us to what we do from an innovation standpoint, or what we do to educate people on, yeah, the taste is unique, but the taste is so complex and so unique that like you really need to savor it. And maybe you shouldn't be drinking as a shop, but maybe you should be respecting the herbal and the bitter qualities and making something awesome like a Jaeger rye. And it's my job to give you kind of all of those pieces that go into it to kind of change those things. And so we always have to deal with the fact that people have their minds made up. But I think what it does is it actually starts to give you opportunities for things that you can go after to kind of make people reappraise the brand or it pushes you to think about what can we do that takes a challenging flavor and complements it and is unique to us. And so then it becomes ownable and defensible. And so I think it's really one of those things where you are a global brand, you do have preconceived notions, but that's okay because there's also a trust that comes from being around and being available in 100 and 40 plus countries around the world. And it doesn't make it easier, right? But it helps you start to think about what do I need to do to get this group of people back in? Or what do I need to do that I can do better than other products out there? And how can I emphasize that? And how can I tell that in a unique and irreverent way? So to your point of maybe encouraging to explore a richer profile instead of consuming as a shot, I'd love to talk to you about your deer and beer campaign. Can you speak to that campaign a little further? Yeah. So... Beer in a shot is not new behavior, right? But I think when we started to talk to consumers about deer and beer, it really started with the fact that the craft brewers have done a really good job through the Brewers Association of defining what it means to be a craft beer, how a craft beer is made, who owns the company, all those things. And if you look at that definition of a craft brewer, Jägermeister fits all those definitions. We're privately held. We make only one thing. All of our revenue comes from Jägermeister. And so we're sort of like this craft spirit that is oddly set up like a lot of craft breweries. And so there was this ability for us to start to share some of our craft credentials without actually having to create them. But being able to talk about the liquid and the process and 56 herbs, roots, and spices and the process that we go through to get there, which is very similar to how brewmasters right, work on their beer. And so there was kind of that shared equity thinking company profile, liquid profile that was important to us and could be a unique point of difference. The other thing is Jägermeister does an unbelievable job in high energy occasions. And this was pre-COVID, right? But what we wanted to do was suggest to people that if you're going to do beers and shots, and maybe it's on a Tuesday getting together with somebody to watch a hockey game in a bar, and you're going to have a beer or two, and then you're going to have a shot, you're going to go your separate ways... Why would you drink something that made your throat burn? Or why would you drink a shot that didn't taste like anything else when you could have this unbelievable liquid paired with the craft beer that you love so much? And taking a sip of Jägermeister and then taking a sip of a super floral IPA, we complement those hop notes and those hop oils. And so like 
the sweetness of Jägermeister with the bitterness of that makes a really interesting flavor in your mouth. And so this idea is they can be sip and savored together. Selfishly, it allows me to take myself out of a club at 1230 in the morning and bring myself into the local bar where people are gathering on a more regular basis. And so for us, the connection with craft brewers and the top that they put in the liquid the fact that we are unique and when it's served ice cold and you sip it and you take a sip of the beer and then take another sip of the Jägermeister, you get really interesting flavor complexities you just don't get with other spirits. And then selfishly, it allowed us to start to talk to different occasions in the on-premise. And now, right at home, it's pretty easy to replicate deer and beer. We do a great job of educating people through the communication we put out on our website and through our social channels on like, if you take a super hoppy IPA, this is what you get. If you drink Jaeger with a porter, it's going to be a totally different experience and you're going to get cinnamon and you're going to get chocolate notes and you're going to get all this stuff. And then if you drink us with a lager, you're going to get something totally different. And so it allows us to talk about our liquid and it's relatively easy for people to do because it's behavior that already existed. And so for us, it's really about trying to reintroduce and suggest that Jaegermeister can be had in so many different ways. It doesn't just have to be a shot in the last thing you remember at the end of a night. So I'm curious when it comes to whether it's focus groups or identifying these different occasions or Jaeger could be a good fit to pair onto that occasion that it might not already be seen as a good use case. How do you identify this would be the next best occasion? Deer and beer is a great example, but versus the standard notion or understanding of where Jaeger should be consumed in the consumer's mind? Yeah, I think... It's interesting, and this is something that I'm certainly not an expert in terms of like consumption behavior and the history of beverage alcohol and all those things. But in the US, we never really had a bitters culture like they do in Europe. Now, Campari's done a really nice job of bringing around the Aperol spirits and talking about other drinks and long drinks with bitters and those types of things and how refreshing they are and all that. So we're starting to understand that in the American's palate. But I started that way to say that like Jägermeister, when you boil it down, is an herbal and it's a source of sweetness and it's a source of bitter. And so if you start to look at how people drink and what they're drinking, if you need a source of sweetness or you need a source of bitterness, Jägermeister adds a really interesting spin to anything that you're doing. So like my wife is a Manhattan drinker. And when I went to work for Jägermeister, I started making our Manhattans with a shot of Jägermeister with rye whiskey rather than using bitters Sometimes put a little cherry liqueur in there. Sometimes it's red vermouth. Sometimes it's different vermouth. But it was like, I just did Jaeger and Rye because I needed sweetness and I needed bitter. And I put it over an ice cube and it's awesome. And it's more complex and it's super interesting. And so I think we start to think about occasions. It really goes back to, I want to tell the liquid story. I want people to understand how complex it is. I want them to understand that it's herbals and bitters. And it's this thing that is created over years with different ingredients from around the world. And so... We start to look for places where that sweetness and that bitterness can be a component to anything that you may be enjoying. And when you look at it that way, you really start to say, I could probably get myself into the majority of drinking occasions that involve any sort of cocktail, but I also can go into beer and beer where I can really complement experience because we are so unique, better than a lot of people out there. I think your beer and beer page on the website, I was blown away when I stumbled upon that That page on the site is so interesting in the way that it's built and so interactive. How else have you guys brought this Deer and Beer campaign to life to really convey this message of complimenting or even 
leveling up the flavor of whatever you're consuming. Yeah. So, I mean, again, selfishly, it allows us to go back to education on the liquid. And I think through our consumer research, when you say something like that, Jägermeister can complement the flavor of an IPA, people are like blown away and they're like, okay, tell me how, which then allows me to tell the liquid story. And part of the way that we've told that story is we create content with our brewery partners. And we're lucky enough to have people kind of scattered around the country who let us into their breweries. And Willie Shine, who's our brand educator, goes out for a couple of days and he hangs out with the brewmaster. And they talk about the choices that they make when they're making a porter or when they're making a lager or when they're making an IPA or a pale ale or something. And they start to talk about the components that go into the beer and the flavor profile those guys are trying to get. And then Willie starts to talk about Jägermeister in the process. And then they go through a bit of a tasting. And like, what we do is we come up with these pairings. And then the two of them will sort of geek out and come up with like what they taste and how it complements and how that may be connected to oils of hops or the malt choice that they made. And Willie will trace it back to Jägermeister ingredients. And so... We filmed all that and we share that with consumers every year. And it's absolutely some of the best response we get from a content standpoint. But also, it allows us to tie to different styles and different regions and share some of our partner stories. And so that's been one of the extensions outside of just showing you flavor pairings, but actually showing you how you get to a flavor pairing and kind of all those choices that go into it. And the response over the last couple of years that we've gone out and done this content has really been amazing. And last year... We were lucky enough to work with Arrogant Consortia, which is part of Stone Brewing, Arrogant Bastard. And we brewed a beer with Jägermeister Masterit in Germany that we imported into the United States. And that was the ultimate mashup, right? Of It's not just complimenting, but we're actually going to brew a beer with Jägermeister Masterit in there that gets both beer and Jägermeister and really brings out both of those flavors. And so like, that's another one of those examples of selfishly, we get to talk about our liquid but we're doing stuff that's super cool and creating new things that we can share with people. So you mentioned the super positive response to the content that you guys have been making around deer and beer. And I'm curious, whether it's deer and beer or otherwise, when it comes to these bigger and longer integrated campaigns, what does a VP of brand marketing look at in addition to sales to gauge the success of the campaign or say, this is going really well or let's, yeah. let's adjust? So we certainly write top line is, is a responsibility that we have. But we start to really look at the engagement that we get on the content. So when we share a video out, the point is, I don't just want people to see it, but I want them to engage with it. And so we track really closely anything that we put out. Are we meeting a threshold for engagement? Are we telling the story the right way? Is it something people are interested on? Do they end up on our beer and beer tasting page? Do they end up on our store locator, right? So we're trying to track as close as we can to that top line in terms of the engagement metrics there. The other thing that we look at too is we actually read the comments. And I think what's been interesting, right, is we've done more around deer and beer. People go from, yeah, I would never do that. I shoot my Jägermeister. I do my Jägermeister and bombs to, wow, I tried that. And that's unbelievable. Like It really does work like you said it worked. And so there's a bit of science to it, right? In terms of are people engaging with it? But then there's like that anecdotal like gut piece of it too, where like, as we've done this more and more, and we've gotten more local, and we've gotten better at telling the story of the beer, 
you actually get people reacting to it and taking the time out to post back. And I think to us, right, that is another example of we've got something here. What was a three-month program became a six-month program becomes next year something we'll do 12 months a year. And we'll talk about all sorts of different seasonal styles. And we'll really get into it because you're starting to see that behavior happen. Now you've got data that backs it up. And you've got this anecdotal thing that comes in here. And you go, I'm pretty happy with where we are. And the other piece of it is we now have breweries coming to us who have seen it, who want to be part of the program as well. Hey, you should come here. They send us beer samples, which is like the greatest thing ever. And they're like, we did it. You should try it. Why don't you come and visit us? Right? And I think that's just another testament to it's getting some traction. Like We're super happy. It's something that will become a key part of how we talk to consumers moving forward. So I got to know, as one of the experts on the topic, do you have a favorite deer beer pairing? So I spent a couple of years in Miami and we worked with a brewery called Jay Wakefield down there, which was... I want to say it was the first brewery in Wynwood as Wynwood was kind of transitioning. I've changed my kids' diapers in the tasting room there and everything else. (laughs) And so it's got a close connection to me, but they make a brown ale that when you drink with Jägermeister, he makes unbelievable, super flavorful, big beers. But when you pair it with Jägermeister and Jay Wakefield's Brown, like you just get this thing in your mouth. It's like, this is the most unbelievable. It's like, it's a taste of fall. It's a taste of winter. To me, it's just like, it's the epitome of the program. And it's one of those things where it just hits me the right way. Really cool program. If you are interested or if you haven't checked out the Deer and Beer page on the website for anybody who's listening to this, I would definitely recommend it. It's a really great example of keeping people engaged in a more in-depth topic. So I definitely commend you guys on on how that was all built out. Thank you. So it's not every day that Jaeger is going and launching a new product, but you guys recently launched the Cold Brew Coffee. We did. Super excited that we got to bring Cold Brew Coffee to life. You talk to marketers every day and any sort of global innovation at a company as big as Jaegermeister is not something that happens easily. But we were able to get it out in record time. It helped that it was a super on-trend liquid. And we got it done from concept to launch in about 9 months, which was for us a record. Wow. In hindsight, it's a perfect fit for Jaeger. But what was it that sparked the idea behind it? So it's one of those things where like the core of Jaegermeister, Jaeger and coffee was something that people in certain parts of the country did, just like people do Baileys and coffee, right? We're a liqueur. Some people do coffee brandy in their coffee. Some people do Baileys. Some people do Jaegermeister. And so we knew that there was a really nice compliment. And we knew that there were people who were kind of drawn to that flavor. I think then you bring in kind of this cold brew craze, right? And people getting into nitro cold brew and really starting to kind of think about different things that could be done with coffee, right? That was reinventing it, but not adding a ton of sugar or sweeteners or anything else into it. And so as we were kind of thinking about what could we do next, this idea of Jägermeister and cold brew coffee, it's on trend from a consumer standpoint. We know it's behavior that's existed. We just got to figure out a way to, to put it into a bottle. And then again, I go back to selfishly, one in three people say, I don't like how Jägermeister tastes. And so part of your job as a marketer is to figure out how do you break down those barriers. And liquid innovation and kind of giving people a different flavor profile is a way that you can start to get over that objection. And so we thought, there's a ton of coffee lovers. This cold brew space is super interesting. It gives you some really 
interesting coffee notes, we should figure out a way to make a liquid that brings them both together in the same bottle and makes it easy. So it's obviously a big deal when a brand like Jaeger is releasing a new product. In terms of brand marketing, what went into getting the word about this new product out in front of consumers? Yeah, it partially, right, knowing that taste is always something that we have to find a way to address. We wanted to make sure that one, people knew that it tasted like coffee in Jägermeister, but it tasted different from the green bottle. And so the challenge is you've got to communicate difference in tastes without saying, but some people don't like Jägermeister, right? And so we worked through that a little bit in the beginning. But I think the other thing was, again, just like with Deer and Beer, all we did was cold brew coffee and a bit of cacao to the 56 herbs and spices that we had. And so that allows us to, again, talk about the process of the Jägermeister, all of the ingredients that go into Jägermeister, the process that we have. And then by adding two more things, we bring out something that is in line with liquids that we put out, but something is totally different. And so we wanted to make sure that we talked about the process too, because I think when you're willing to do that and you talk about real stuff, natural stuff that's in there, you get to talk about your liquid too. And so we had to do taste. We had to tell the ingredient story. And then in all honesty, when we launched this thing at the beginning of last year, we had several million dollars worth of consumer sampling to do to go out and ask people to try it. When everything shut down, we had to pivot. And so what we've done is we've tried to find ways to continue to tell that ingredient story. We've done ways... We've tried to reach out to people who are making cocktails now in different spaces online. We did a huge push behind kind of this brunch occasion. And so like the last thing you want to think about if you're having a big brunch out is maybe the night before. But Jägermeister cold brew coffee makes a really interesting espresso martini. And so it allowed us to tell that cocktail story and get into it. And so what we've tried to do is if you start with taste, if you go to ingredients... Now that we can directly put it into people's mouths, we had to go back to pop up in an interesting and a unique way that gets somebody hopefully interested in trying it. And then finding ways through our e-com push to get people out to try a bottle. And so we spent more money than we've ever spent in the e-com space on Drizzly and Minibar behind that cocktail agenda, behind something new, something that tastes different, something that comes from natural ingredients... We did some work with Ibotta, which was totally new for us as a company. But the idea was we want to incent people who are there to come into the fold. And we were super happy with the results because it was a trusted platform and the offer was compelling enough that they could try it out. But it also allowed us to serve a bit of a branded message. And so we pivoted from, we just want you to try it into a bar to we've got to get you to buy a bottle and take it home. So we had to invest in different ways and we had to be a little bit more commercial but the message and what we were trying to hit on stayed the same. Yeah, and I've seen whether through Instagram account or elsewhere, the Jägermeister hotline or the phone number, Texas number if you're interested and things. Yeah. Messages along that nature. Was that something recent with the pandemic or have you guys been exploring that as an avenue for some time now? So as we've started to get a little bit more classical in this idea of, hey, bars are closed. 30% of our business went away overnight. We've got to be relevant in occasions that people are in now. And we've got to find ways to talk to them in relevant ways. And so if you have a bottle in the freezer at home because you're a Jägermeister drinker already, I've got to give you more ways than once a year at your New Year's party to bring Jägermeister out. If you're 
haven't bought Jägermeister at home ever, I've got to give you a reason to pick up a bottle because you want to recreate something that you saw or that we told you about or a friend told you about. And so the hotline was our attempt to get into what is still a relatively trusted medium for consumers, which is that direct text communication. But it allows us to say, hey, you having people over? Hey, you're making cocktails? Hey, try this. Hey, do this. Share a little bit of content. And so the hotline was something that came out of the situation that we're in, but we love it because we're directly talking to people. And so whether it's party planning tips, or it's what should I put on my soundtrack, or hey, I saw Chris Santos made Jägermeister wings. I want to know how to make the barbecue sauce. And we show you the way to make the barbecue sauce. It's all about trying to have that direct connection with consumers who are at home more than they've ever been before and showing them all the different things that Jägermeister, the source of herbal and bitter, can do in their home entertaining, home drinking, home unwinding occasions. Awesome. Well, this has been a very interesting interview. I'd love to hear how you guys are approaching the changing times and adapting to the reality of everyone's current state of living. So we've got a few questions that we ask each of our guests. And the first is, if you could go back and give the just starting your career self one piece of advice, what would it be? I'd say don't be afraid to speak up. Respectfully, of course, right? But I think it's hard, especially coming into brand marketing, and you're an ABM or you're a junior brand manager or whatever you're called at, at your organization, you sit at the end of the table or sometimes you sit in the chairs outside of the table, but you're still in the meeting and you're doing a ton of the work and you're often closest to the data. And, and I think there are times in my career where I wish I would have had the confidence to speak up. And it certainly comes with time and experience, but if it's well thought out and it's based in data or it's based in conjecture or feeling or anecdotal that you capture from the sales guys or something you're seeing out there, like no matter how junior you are, like speak up. And I wish somebody had said that to me because there are times when I've bit my tongue, right? You just kind of go along with the flow. And that's why some brands get into trouble, right? Because it becomes that group thing thing. And so I think it's respectfully, of course, but like no matter how junior you are, every opinion is valid, right? Insight can come from anywhere. And I think speaking up is super critical. So for somebody who is maybe thinking to themselves, okay, I should speak up, but what's the best route to present that information for to somebody in your position? Is that just verbally in a meeting or is that a deck? Yeah. What speaks to you the most? So what I would say is it's always hardest to start to do it, right? Because it always clicks in the back of our head and then you're thinking about it on the way home from work or you're thinking about it in the shower the next morning as you're getting ready to go back in. And so like, you've got to get over that internal. But then when you get over that internal, right? You don't don't have to do it in the big room, but like pull your boss aside, pull the brand director aside. If you've got a relationship with the VP or something, just say, Hey, I was thinking about that conversation and I sort of not that I disagree, but I was thinking about it this way. And can you help me understand why? And I want to show you something. And like it doesn't have to be a deck. It has to come from right, it can't just be your gut feel. But if it inspires or triggers that emotion in you, don't feel like you even have to start with it publicly, but like you'll get more confident, but you'll also get into better conversations with the people who are leading the brand or helping set up where you want to learn and where you want to go. And it also becomes a learning opportunity, right? Because now when people do it to me, I was like, Hey, that's a good point. What do we need to do to figure it out? Well, can you show me the data? Have you looked at it this way, right? It creates developmental opportunities too. Whether it goes your way or not, it starts a whole set of conversations that I think are just critical to a person's development. 
Yeah, that's solid advice. And on the topic of advice, is there a marketing or business book that you recommend most frequently? So there was a book that my dad gave me. I don't know who wrote it. It was like 20 years ago. But it was called Your Marketing Sucks, right? And I should go back and reread it, right? Because I've referenced it from time to time. But essentially, it was just like all of the pitfalls that we fall into, right? All the things that you see, but then you ignore, right? And how to start to think through and reevaluate your approach and kind of constantly be questioning. And like, it sucks because sometimes it's easy to just go along with what it is and not that you tear up everything every year, but you kind of constantly have to be evaluating. And a year like this puts us all in that situation again, but that was thrust upon us. If we didn't have COVID, would we be doing a hotline where we directly are texting with consumers? I don't know. But like we got here and we got here from an outside stimulus. Would we have gotten here if we weren't? I don't know. Would we have just tried to fix our CRM plan? So like I think it's one of those things where the idea is maybe it sucks because you're just not asking the right questions, you're not thinking about it the right way, or you're ignoring stuff that's right in front of your face. Very good advice. I'll definitely go and check that book out. We'll link that up in the show notes. And this has been a great interview. I very much appreciate your time coming on. And thanks for sharing all your insight and wisdom that you've gained through your career. No, I appreciate it, Alex. It was awesome to be a part of it. And um, and it's always cool to be able to share the story that you're passionate about. It. So thank you. Where's the best place that listeners can go to learn more about Jaeger and what you guys have coming up in the pipeline? Yeah. So I would say, I mean, Jaegermeister.com is the catch-all for all this stuff, but it does have all that cool deer and beer pairing stuff and everything else. The other thing I would do is I'm super proud of kind of the evolution that we've made on our Instagram channel in the way that we're engaging with consumers there. And I think you start to get a better feel for the world that surrounds Jaegermeister and kind of who we are as a brand and the communities that we try to support on a day-to-day basis, whether they be creatives or bartenders or anybody else. So I would say that's a great place to start too, just to kind of get a feel for who we are and how we're changing and what we're doing. Awesome. Instagram is great too. I was checking that out earlier today. So thank you again. It's been great. I recommend everybody go check out Definitely Jaegermeister.com on the Instagram. Go to the Deer and Beer page. But thanks so much, Jazz. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, man. And that's our show, folks. If you're still listening, either you got some value out of this episode or you got sidetracked and just haven't hit the next button yet. If it's the first one, it would be a massive, huge favor if you could leave us a review on whatever app that you're listening to right now. It helps us get our name out there, which in turn helps us bring more great guests on the show. What I'm really saying is help us to help you. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll be back same time, same day next week. Stay nerdy. Food Marketing Nerds is a production of Blue Bear Creative. For interview transcripts and other downloadable resources, head to foodmarketingnerds.com.